Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week. And in the past, I've mentioned uh, that we... We go through a lot of stories to figure out what we'll bring you at the top of each week. And this time... Our cup runneth over. Uh, So we do want to say we are aware of the death of John McAfee. Uh, We are going to do a full episode on this because unlike Epstein, this man did explicitly say, if you hear reports that I have taken my own life, do not believe them. So we're going to we're going to table that now. We're going to dig deep into the life and times of John McAfee. Uh, But in the meantime, we have much more strange news to share with you. Uh, Collapsing buildings, an avian conspiracy, discoveries that redefine our understanding of humanity. 
sounds like a little bit of hyperbole, but we are going to deliver. Some of these are ongoing events. So as you hear this, some of the information will have changed, but let's do away with the housekeeping for now. Let's go directly to our first story. Matt, are we going to Florida? Yes, we are traveling to Florida for a very tragic story, an ongoing story, and one that hopefully is a warning to many of us and any and all building managers that may be out there uh, listening. Today, we're going to talk about the Champlain Towers South. It's a condominium, 12-story condominium in Surfside, Florida. Part of it collapsed, a large part of it collapsed on Thursday, June 24th of this year, 2021. We're recording this right now on Monday, June 28th. Uh, so just so you're aware, we're giving you information that we have thus far. It will likely change by the time you're even hearing this because of the nature of the way we record these. As of right now, the confirmed death toll from this collapse is 10 people, and there are still 151 that are missing or presumed still trapped within the rubble in one state or another. Uh, we're talking about this today because everything that's coming out about this story shows that this building was very much in need of repairs. And this was a known thing to many people involved. So uh, people who were in charge of the building itself, people who were looking at the building, surveying it and providing reports to the managers of the building even though repairs were essentially about to be underway, it still met its fate and all of the people inside of it. I'm just going to jump here to, I'm going to give you a bunch of information from a bunch of different sites. The first one is from the Miami Herald, and I would highly recommend that you follow, follow that paper and website if you want up-to-date information, uh, as the, the place where this occurred is very close to Miami, Florida, and they're reporting from that location. Herald does great um, work. Yes. Oh, yes, for sure. There's also, oh, man, th this is also horrific. But one of the most horrific aspects to this, you guys, is that it occurred at a, like 1.20 in the morning. So at, you know, while almost everybody is asleep, except for a few night owls. And it was pretty much without warning. It just collapsed. There, there are evacuations that are optional, not mandatory, at least as of today, when it comes to the sister building, there's another condo, I believe it's the Champlain Towers North, that is, I think, one or it's two buildings over, essentially, from where the where the collapsed condo is. The, also, the, the whole area is extremely congested right now from all of the reporting, so it's very difficult to move in and out of the area, just for anybody who happens to be down there. And according to the Miami Herald's article condo collapse live updates which again is where you should head they're stating that it's likely going to be months if not years before the exact cause of the collapse is known so you know before we even get into any speculation or if you're watching any even mainstream media that is speculating on what caused this collapse just know that there's not going to be a definitive answer for quite a while um, and there are things that we can discuss as probabilities or possibilities um, but pointing the finger at any individual is probably not going to be helpful at this point. The focus right now is just on recovering as, you know, as many people as possible and holding on to the hope that maybe someone is still trapped down there that's alive. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is, this is crucial because it is possible 
at this point, as we record, it is possible that there are people who have survived the collapse, who have yet to be recovered. Uh, That was going to be my first question, Matt, was whether there was a specific catalyst for the collapse that had been identified. And it sounds like not only is there not a a cause identified yet, but uh, it sounds like the ownership or the management of the structure has been pretty open with their records, right? They're trying to they're trying to dispel any rumor mongering, I believe. That is correct. Uh, you can go to, it's kind of a weird website. Uh, it's http colon slash slash townofsurfsidefl.gov. And there you can you can stumble upon the Champlain Towers public records and media information. You can likely find that by searching for it. Hopefully it took me a minute of finding a link within a a news article. But if you if you do happen upon this page, you can see everything on here. You'll find permits, plans, code compliance information, structural field surveys and building official emails. And and I stress that last one, you can see the actual communication between building managers and people who are coming in to survey and then hopefully repair and all of the repairs that have been done on the building. And this is something very important. This condominium was built in 1981 and it was coming up on what's known as a 40 year inspection, basically, or a you've got 40 years of being a building before you're likely going to need a ton of repairs and a major update. And it was about to hit, or it was hitting that this year. And it was the building and the management were taking steps to make this happen. And you can get, you can see that in those emails that I mentioned, Uh, you can actually see like where there's communication going back and forth about what's going to occur from these surveys. And you can also see in 2018 that there were, surveys done that showed major damage to large areas of this condominium that I I believe the phrase that's used is they need to be, they need to be fixed in a timely manner. That is the statement that is made from the surveyors. I have a question. Um, You know, you you hear stories like this and immediately your mind goes to, Oh, I live in a condo or I live in an apartment building. Should I be concerned? Um, And there is, uh, something to the fact that this is beachfront property, right? This is like, I mean, there are certain, obviously, code involved in building on sandy ground or in less stable ground. And obviously, I'm sure a lot of that is, is mentioned uh, in, in the reporting around this. But I'm wondering, I mean, is that largely to blame? Is it faulty construction, like a combination of the two? Like, where where are the, uh, where are the theories kind of um, heading as far as those those things are concerned? To talk about that, I would go to a couple of sources. There's an interview on MSNBC with a man named Greg Batista, who's an engineer who specializes in concrete repair. You can find that on YouTube. It's titled Engineer Says Locating Condo Issues and Extremely Complex Puzzle, which is part of my answer to you, Noel. There are a lot of things going on here. One major thing that's been discussed in the news is the Uh, The interaction with salt air, salted air, you know, uh, water that has a large saline content, you know, the ocean. Um, And then uh, when it interacts with concrete, the porous, very porous concrete, it can get into the rebar and it can degrade the rebar, which is like the steel bars that are reinforcing concrete in buildings like this and many, many buildings. 
there's this thing that occurs that he and the entire industry re- refers to as spalling, which is just that, where the concrete surrounding a rebar is starting to degrade, and then the rebar itself is actually corroding, and it's uh, weakening. So, And when that's occurring, that needs to be replaced as quickly as you can replace it to prevent you know, major, major damage or possibly things like portional collapse or a, a partial collapse. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty good interview. You can check that out, learn about that. But the best one that I've found thus far is another YouTube video on a channel called Building Integrity. It's hosted by a guy named Josh Porter, who's the president of Consult Engineering in Punta Gorda, Florida. The title of that video is Surfside Building Collapse, Miami, Florida, What They Knew, and a Correction. He's This gentleman's been talking a lot about this, and he is a consultant for for building managers, for, for people who run these large condos, these large buildings, and he's he's very good at looking at documentation. What he does in this video is he goes through a lot of those documents that I mentioned before that have been released and he kind of he he gives you detail that you don't get as a layperson looking through the files, right? So there were images taken in October 2018 of major concrete damage in the on the pool deck area and below that in the parking deck. And you can see images of the columns that are spalling, exactly what I described before. You can actually see where the concrete is falling off, and you can see you can you can see the rebar inside there. It's exposed, which is not a good thing at all because it'll rust uh, much more quickly, right? It'll yes. And to my understanding, from at least what Josh Porter is saying, and uh, again, many other experts who are who are giving their information on here. As soon as that is occurring, it becomes an exponential problem, right? Where it increases very rapidly. Uh, the danger increases very rapidly. And again, I can't speak to the building managers. I can't speak to anybody involved in any of this, but it appears that they were aware and they were attempting to fix it. It's just, it was too, it seems like it was too late. And who knows if that's what actually caused the collapse. I can't say that. I'm not an expert. Josh Porter would not say that that was the reason. The engineer on MSNBC would not say that that concrete uh, degrading was the reason. Who knows? Because there's still things that have been happening all around Surfside, like these spontaneous sinkholes that have been occurring. And, you know, there are all kinds of things that could have at least been a factor, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think I think for my money, the most important thing about this is if you do live in a condo, like you said, Noel, if you do live in an apartment building, you can go in a parking deck if it's below your structure. You can go, you know, if you're allowed to go into the sub basement or the basement levels and you can actually with your eyes see something like spalling or you can get on your building manager or whoever you have contact with there and, you know, ask them about the most recent survey reports you know, to, to any structural damage. I, I, I don't know. It's certainly going it's making me, it's giving me anxiety. I live in, in a house and I'm thinking about the structure of my home and whether or not everything is sound here. Oh, especially considering how many, like in, in the, this is tangentially related, but in many parts of the U.S. housing market now, uh, people are having such a hard time buying homes 
even if they could normally afford it, uh, there are other folks showing up, you know, with just cash on hand, 10, 20 percent more than asking price. And one of the big things that's happening to people is that they are being pressured to waive the homeowner inspection, mm-hmm. which will inevitably lead to more problems down the road. The only question is the magnitude of those problems. And it's the prob- this situation is exacerbated due to geography. The ocean eats buildings. It always has. Yes, yeah, so it's the same with uh, cars, for example. You know, you're supposed to get one of those CarMax reports if you get a used car. Um, you Something about Florida, like cars that came from Florida, that is something that has to be reported because of the corrosive qualities of salt water, and it actually gets into the air. So that can cause slow rust corrosion on, say, the undercarriage of a car or, you know, eat small holes through structural parts of the car that could cause the car's life to be uh, lessened, right? Um, mm-hmm. I used to own a home and we had an inspection done. And let me tell you, uh, that inspection certainly doesn't uh, uncover everything. It turns out that there were all kinds of weird band-aids that the previous owner had done, like filled, you know, rotting portions of the back porch with Bondo, you know, or uh, covered over all kinds of issues with the roof. And there were structural problems and moisture infiltration into the sub-basement. And it freaked me out. It was a, a real anxiety for me being a homeowner. I was terrified the place was going to crumble into the ground. Well, there, there's something of note here from that. Previous concrete damage in the parking deck specifically was repaired with an epoxy mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they just filled the cracks. And, and you know, usually that substance hardens. It works. And again, according to the experts, you can fix broken and cracked concrete with an epoxy. But if that rebar as we're talking about here, is damaged, then the epoxy doesn't matter. It, it's going to continue to degrade. So the, the, the other point I want to bring out here is water damage. It wasn't just the salt air that was causing the corrosion and the problems. It was also the fact that this building had major water leaks, major, major problems with funneling water out and away from the building when it rained a lot or uh, when water like got onto the building and into the building. And again, in these reports that you can find online, it shows just how bad that was and how there was also spalling on a lot of the, the deck areas of, you know, the, what is that? The, I guess it is a, it's not a deck. Well, like there's a, a lanai. Bal- that's, that's a Florida deck. That's in Golden Girls. Right. <laughs> you're talking about I'm for, for the, the individual facts. units, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, there's like a little balcony, a like little patio or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, it's it's called uh, another sneaky term. A lot of uh, property managers will call it a real uh, Romeo and Juliet balcony if there's mm-hmm. not an actual thing to stand on. It's just a door or window that opens, and there's a little grate. I, I do <sighs> want to step back real quick, though. If anybody wants to learn more about the importance and danger of buying what are sometimes called flood cars. Because one of the big points is not just the damaging air of the Florida climate, it's the prevalence of hurricanes. It's mm-hmm. a huge deal. Uh, and you'd see this happen after things like uh, in New Orleans, too, when Hurricane Katrina struck, uh, a lot of unscrupulous people were selling cars that were flood damaged. So do check that out. That old car stuff episode should still be up somewhere. Uh, Matt, you're on the money here. Like it, it sounds like there were a lot of. I hesitate to call them band-aids, but a lot of temporary fixes in anticipation of this larger 
this this larger reconstruction that was that was going on, and that could be normal for those buildings, but you nailed it, man. You're a mind reader. One of my other questions was about the water table and previous flooding, because that's what we're talking about, right? It turned into standing water. Yeah, it, I, and again, I all I can do is send you to read the Champlain Towers South Condominium Structural Field Survey Report. This is going to sound weird. MC job number 18217, and that's from October 8th, 2018. You can find that and read through Everything here, uh, exactly what you're talking about, Ben. The flooding problems that were occurring throughout the con the complex and the major concrete issues. And there's more to discuss here. There was some misrepresentation, I would say. The misrepresentation of this report that we're talking about, the October 2018 field survey. Um, ben, do you, do you want to talk specifically about that? Yeah, the Herald is reporting that Ross Preto, who was the chief building official uh, for the town of Surfside before he left his post last year, had reviewed this report that said there was, quote, major structural damage. And he told uh, the board of this condo that it was in very good shape. Yeah. Um, head on over to... Well, I was going to give you USA Today. Everybody's been reporting on this. This is a major story. Uh, but again, the Miami Herald has an article, Surfside official was sent disturbing report. He told board condo was in good shape. And you can read that whole thing. Uh, USA Today has the same thing. A lot of these places ha have pretty much the same stories coming out. Oh, this is very important, you guys. Lawsuits are already being filed here. There is one person who is a survivor, I believe Steve Rosenthal. Attorneys on, on his behalf reached out and... They want a trial by jury. There's another class action lawsuit that was filed on behalf of Manuel Dresner. So, and, you know, it's just beginning right now. And who knows how that's going to develop with more and more survivors, more people have family members who are or were in that condo when it collapsed. We're just going to have to continue following this. And all we can do is hope for the best and wish everybody out there well. If you're listening and you have any information on this, please, please, you don't have to write to us. You can write to the Miami Herald or somebody else. But, you know, if you want to talk to us, we, we're we here and we're listening. Yeah, perhaps one of the most important aspects of this for uh, our fellow listeners who are in the area is the following. Emergency officials are asking folks to call the following number if they have relatives who remain unaccounted for at this time. That number is 305-614-1819. Again, that's 305-614-1819. If you have a missing relative that you, you're worried may have been involved in this tragic event. All right, and we will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiasts searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night. Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back with more strange news. Uh, this one's uh, super strange, and it uh, involves something that you know. It's a thing that gets posted quite quite often on our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy, uh, with me tagged. Um, because I think I've made no secret about the fact that if I had to name a phobia of mine, it would have something to do with our fine feathered friends of the sky, uh, birds, the birds, not not the band, but the the creatures. Um, and we've talked about this in passing in the past, um, but there is a movement uh, that would have us believe that these uh, nightmare creatures um, aren't real. Maybe maybe this is something that I've known all along, that there's something just unnatural and otherworldly about these things, the way their little beady eyes kind of jerk around left to right, you know, and their unpredictable movements. Something about them is strangely robotic or, you know, reptilian, something like that. Uh, okay, let's, let's stick with robotic. Yeah, it's uh, the birds aren't real movement. Um, they have a website, so they must be legit. It is uh, birdsaren'treal.com, and on it they have a uh, history of this entire concept that, uh, as far as they are concerned, um, dates back to the founding of the CIA in 1947. Um, in, in the words of the, uh, the history section on the Birds Aren't Real website, uh, in 1947, the CIA was founded its sole responsibility to watch and survey tens of thousands of Americans suspected of doing 
communist things. Um, and uh, their theory here is that in 1951, uh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, who were arrested and convicted of espionage against the U.S., they were accused, of course, of spying on behalf of the Soviet Union. Um, this really lit a fire uh, under the powers that be at the CIA. Um, and in 1953, when Alan Dulles was made the first civilian director of the Central Intelligence Agency, he made it his own personal mission to create a surveillance state um, to, you know, monitor the comings and goings of every citizen of the United States uh, in ways that would be undetectable, you know, by by the naked eye. Um, so whether it was hidden cameras, surveillance cameras, you know, uh, that kinds of thing, that wouldn't do it. That wasn't quite enough. So um, when he met on April 15th with President Dwight D. Eisenhower and he proposed the ideas of putting cameras in the sky. Again, this is the narrative on the Birds Aren't Real website. Um, and he felt that the only way to do this would be uh, to replace birds with some kind of early version of drones, uh, basically. Um, so there was a uh, plan hatched to take out all of the birds uh, in, in the world. Um, they uh, loaded up a military, uh, oh, actually 120 military bombers, B-52s, with uh, bird poison of some kind um, and sprayed it into the, uh, into the air and killed all of these birds and then replaced them with, um, you know, remote-controlled robots, uh, surveillance robots. There, this is quite a long section uh, on this site. It, it, quite, it goes on for quite a while, and there's uh, quite a few layers to this idea, but that's essentially the gist of it. Um, the, the technology apparently, you know, gets more and more advanced over the years, but they do date it back to the, the, the 50s here. Um, and the argument for, well, how come nobody noticed is, is that, well, you know, the technology to film things wasn't as pristine and, uh, and uh, uh, clear as it is today. So over the years, the, the, the technology behind the, you know, robot bird surveillance drones has gotten better as well, which makes them harder to detect. Uh, so this is basically the, the gist of this whole idea. Uh, and this is all the brainchild of a dude named Peter McIndoe. Um, and they claim to have regional chapters uh, in places like Idaho and Arkansas. And that there are members of the movement in every single state. Um, so that's sort of the, the genesis of, of the idea. And, you know, it, it's something that we've, we've talked about in the past, like I said, um, but it really is starting to kind of make a little bit of a, of a new kind of resurgence. Uh, there is a, uh, rolling rally that, uh, this organization is holding. And the first stop just took place in Springfield, Missouri, uh, we, we've seen smaller demonstrations, uh, like with um, this guy, Peter McIndoe, went to a women's march and, you know, holding up these kind of tongue in cheek signs saying like birds are lies. You're being lied to. Birds aren't real. Birds are myth. Um, but now it really is starting to, you know, draw larger numbers. And um, again, the idea that birds have been all killed, the organic ones and replaced by government drones. And here's a quote from McIndoe himself. What makes me think that? I think the evidence is all around us. Birds sit on power lines. We believe they're charging on power lines. We believe that bird poop on cars is liquid tracking apparatus. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it checks out. Um, but but it doesn't because you know it's pretty clear. Uh, this this guy Peter McIndoe, he's been on several news shows uh, in Chicago and and several kind of like local news programs, and and he actually did an interview with the Audubon Society. It's kind of fun that they would pick that story up. Um, and he keeps a straight face the whole time. He's talking about this pretty outlandish conspiracy theory. Um, he this is as far back as uh, 2017. Um, and by the way, he's from Memphis. Tennessee, and the first event that he showed up at was the Memphis Women's March back in 2017. Um, and, you know, in the Audubon article, he, again, with a straight face, kind of goes through uh, all of their kind of the mission statement of who they are, uh, a lot of this history, and what they hope to accomplish. And, you know, it, 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 you can't help but see it as something that's sort of like almost like a parody of conspiracy theories of the idea of like this post truth world where if we can't believe that birds are real, what can we believe in? You know, I mean, I think that's sort of the, the joke is that it's like the most ridiculous idea that this, you know, species of living thing that we see. And then many of us are, you know, kind of freaked out by, or at least I am, um, you know, that they aren't real. It's the idea that you can't trust what's put in front of you. And it's in a, in a similar way to QAnon where it's something that, may have started as kind of a a gag or as sort of like just internet breadcrumbs, kind of like rabbit hole type situation. Or uh, as as, as you can hear in Jake Hanrahan's excellent podcast, uh, Q Clearance, some sort of performance art piece, you know, it's internet performance art. You know, that's not what it was proven to be, but there were some theories that it was that QAnon was was founded by this uh, kind of Dada, almost like ontological hysterics theater type experimental piece of internet uh, subterfuge, I guess. Um, and that does appear to be what's going on with the birds aren't real movement. But like any movement, as we definitely know with QAnon or like flat earthers, for example, uh, it, there are people that, uh, that actually do choose to believe it. It doesn't take a whole lot in this kind of post-truth world that we live in for people to take a seed of an idea and uh, rationalize it in some way. Do you think anybody actually believes this? I, I, I don't know. Do you think people actually believe that the earth is flat? I think they, that some people actually do, but I also think that that uh, was probably started as, as a joke. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know the answer. I just know that if you look at like comments on Reddit posts, they have like 300,000 members to their Reddit uh, thread, a Reddit channel. Um, they have, you know, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of, uh, of social media followers across various platforms, you are going to see some people that don't seem to be in on the joke. Uh, and the way, you know, then this guy McIndoe has specifically said that it, there is irony to it, um, that it is sort of like a dark satirical sort of mock uh, conspiracy theory to sort of poke fun at all of these other, you know, conspiracy theories that, you know, you could argue are equally as, as uh, bizarre and without merit, but it's super fascinating. I mean, you know, they're doing this, um, this tour, this like rolling rally situation. And in order to get the, uh, the details of where the next one is going to be, you have to subscribe to a Patreon. Um, there is a lot of merch to be had on their site. Um, so, you know, actually the Audubon, uh, article accuses it of being sort of a cash grab kind of, um, you know, uh, money-making scheme. But so. you have to pay tickets for a comedy show, don't you? Also true. I don't think also that makes true. it unethical. What I, what I was going to say earlier is that this reminds me a lot of 
the probably one of the most famous satirical conspiracy theory, you know, lampoons, which is the Bielefeld conspiracy, which started in Germany in 1994. If you guys are familiar, it's the it's the idea. It's the same thing. It's just a town in Germany instead of birds. They said the town of German, this town, Bielefeld, does not actually exists, but it's it, there's a great tale spun out there, too, that it's an illusion created by various nefarious forces. Uh, this one became so popular that Chancellor Angela Merkel mentioned it, like, in public. Uh, so the, the nation of Germany has adopted this, which I think must doubtlessly be inspiration for things like birds aren't real. It also reminds me I don't know if you guys ever met him, but I have a friend named uh, Ben Palmer who does a thing called Hope This Helps. He used to be an Atlanta-based comedian. He moved out west. Uh, and he goes to, to directly to your question about whether or not people do believe in this. I would say no for birds aren't real, at least yet. Uh, yes for Flat Earth. Um, probably not for the Germans in the Bielefeld conspiracy. But this guy does something brilliant where he... Tr- not tranks. I was trying to say pranks and trolls. So he tranks these people, uh, it, like uh, older people, often older or uh, uh, more myopic people on places like Facebook by posing to be a big corporation like uh, Chick Fil A or what have you, and then saying things that would offend the perceived demographic of Chick Fil A. I just highly recommend checking out. Hope this helps if you enjoy the kind of subversive comedy that, you know, you're describing here, Noel. It's very yeah, yes, it's, men. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I, 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 Noel, I would just say I do think Ben's right on. It's a performance piece by filmmakers. This guy, uh, what is it? Oh, the, somebody cited him. Kill, what is it? Kill My Dog Productions. It's what it's called. At Kill My Dog Prod on Twitter. Huh. You think that, that's a reference to Save the Cat? the film guidebook i'm i'm not sure i just know that that person is referenced on birds aren't real.com under who are we mm-hmm. uh they're saying that this person is a very talented filmmaker and storyteller uh and they attribute a lot of work to to this person named kendrick smith with a band tv ad from 1987 that was yes impressive. a very impressive uh, impressively produced <laughs> retro commercial. It's great. No, you're right. I mean, the commercial itself has the the vibe of like uh, one of the infomercials on the show. Like, I think you should leave, for example, where it's like almost the combination of like a political campaign and like an ambulance chaser lawyer kind of commercial that you might see on like public access TV or something. Um, no, I 100% do agree with you that it, that it is a, a very a cleverly executed satire. I just think that, um, you know, it, it, there are so many people how how is any of the flat earth stuff any more convincing than this kind of false narrative, you know? And like why uh, I think there's even less reason for scientists to lie about the earth being flat. We've talked about that, like how it just doesn't like, like to what end and who, whose benefit. Um, at least with this, we know that the, the CIA, you know, had a genius idea of how to surveil, you know, the citizens of the United States, but what would they have done with all the bird carcasses? That's my question. Like how would they have dealt with that? And how would that not have been a giant red flag? We would have seen something about that in the news, you know, I think. Yeah, in both cases, conventional science disproves the very possibility, right? But in both cases, there is perhaps information that every person is not privy to. 
perhaps that's why it seems possible, I guess, to, to be true Maybe. for somebody who truly believes it. And I, I don't know. In this case, I think the whole thing smacks of, of parody. I don't know. I, I, that's what I get. I get a sense. I get that sense from the people who run the show, who are Ooh. interviewed quite Ooh. often for this. You can just feel the, the sarcastic nature of it. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just There's me. some definite children of Kaufman vibes, uh-huh. you know, Andy Kaufman. And also, uh, I will add, since, uh, it is my mission to do these sorts of things, I will add that in all fairness of the birds aren't real elders, uh, some have been pulled from Instagram. Birds aren't real. Savannah is gone. <gasps> really? Uh, also flat earth. Yes, there are true believers. I don't think they're birds i i i understand what you're saying you know, with the the just the the statistics the breadth of the statistics right out of almost eight billion people is there someone who's like i've never seen a bird i know except on television the problem is that that might happen if uh stray cats continue eating all the birds but if birds do disappear then we'll have much bigger problems on our, on exactly. our hands, i think um but yeah, well, kudos to these guys. I hope they continue doing this. I do. I do too. And I, I honestly, uh, even if it was literally just like a clothing brand called Birds Aren't Real and they didn't even go the extra mile of creating a whole mythology around it, I am super into some of these shirts and uh, and socks that they have on their site. They even wait, have like bucket hats. Wait, are uh, you doing this just to get swag? Oh, I mean, that, I, 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 don't think <laughs> I've that, ever, I don't think I've ever been cold sent swag from anything we've mentioned it, on the is podcast. Is that the but conspiracy of this That's segment? the whole conspiracy. I would really love an XL of the I Am A Lie shirt with a pigeon on it, though, if you guys are listening. Um, and wow. they've got some really cool like hats and Well, you know, Noel, and, if you go to their website, you can use Visa, PayPal, Shopify, MasterCard, JCB, Discover, what Apple is J- Pay. What is JCB? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I don't know. You can use Amazon Pay, American Express. It, they let you know Diners right on Club, their website. They really do. You can, they call you it, can really send them money. They call it Truther Gear, by the way. The whole merch section is called Truther Gear. So uh, I love a good joke conspiracy, a good mock religion. So again, kudos to the birds aren't real, guys. Um, and uh, interesting to see if these uh, rolling rallies uh, make any kind of impact uh, or, or convert any any people or any you know people that were on the fence about the existence of, of, of birds or not. So with that, I think we'll take a quick break for another sponsor, and then we'll be back with one more strange news story. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag-A-Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we have returned, but we're staying in the present moment just for a bit. And we'll be jumping back and forth along the timeline from hundreds of thousands of years ago to 2021. People are making a lot of money selling swag saying the birds aren't real. Uh, but there are also people who are making a huge splash saying that we have a fundamental misunderstanding of the human species. This is a, this is a topic that has fascinated you know me, Matt, and the YouTube days who are really into it as well. Uh, the discovery of ancient near homo sapiens. Uh, this is something that long, you know, if, you, if you've been a conspiracy realist for a while, uh, you can probably remember how amazed we were with the discovery of Homo florensis uh, and various other things like Denisovans that were uh, not identified until t- 2010, I guess, in Siberia. Other species in the genus Homo, right? So if you're listening to this, odds are you are a Homo sapien. There is a non-zero chance that you may have uh, some bits of the genetic code of things like Neanderthal, especially depending on where you where your ancestors originated. But when we look at the earliest days of what would now be called Homo sapiens, what we see is that it was much less homogenous than people would have us believe. And there is an interesting but not fully supported argument that some of humanity's oral traditions about things like giants and gnomes and dwarves and so on uh, could actually be very sensationalized, very embellished recollections of early Homo sapiens running into these things. If you've heard our episodes on this, like Lost Races of Man and so on, then you might be thinking, guys, why are you just giving a recap of something you think is cool? Just summarizing 
your old episode for us? Well, yes, sort of, but it's with a very important update. A possible new species of early human has been found not just in one place and not just one species. There's one that was uh, recently reported in Israel, and there's one that's recently been reported in China. Both date around 140,000 years ago. Wow. Yeah, and both have already, again, caused quite a splash. Like, have, Have you guys heard about this? Have you seen this in the news? I heard about one, I guess, the Dragon Man, I think. Uh, that's the one that was found in China, I believe, that may or may right. not be Denisovan. I, I might be wrong here, but it may be a completely new oh, yeah. link. People are bucking up. The, yeah. the reason people are, are, the reason academics are butting heads about that one in particular is a bit of a, first, some very valid questions, and then maybe uh, accusations of nationalism on the part of the Chinese academic teams. But that's not us accusing them of that. This is more what's in the wind at the moment. Yeah, the Dragon Man, let's start there. That is one of the most interesting, perhaps. The strangest thing about this is that this skull was discovered way back in 1933. There was a a construction worker who was helping to build a bridge in a city called Harbin. And while building this bridge in 1933, he discovered this bizarre skull and he recognized it was something important. You don't have to be a paleoanthropologist to understand this. It is immensely rare to find a skull like this that is quite unusual. If you've ever seen the skull of a homo sapien before, just four years earlier, for context, Uh, researchers had found the skull of what was called a Peking man in Beijing. And so it it appeared that uh, there was a link, there was important research on the horizon. But Japanese authorities were occupying this region of China, northeast China, during this time, during this discovery in 1933. So this guy instead hides it. And for decades and decades, he doesn't tell anyone And some people believe it may have been due to personal shame for, you know, that working with Japanese occupation forces could have been seen as collaboration. But either way, fast forward 85 years, what a secret to keep. Uh, And this skull has been finally turned over to authorities. The scientists that are looking at this immediately said, this is a new species. We're calling it Homo longi or Homo Longi, L-O-N-G-I, and we're going to nickname it Dragon Man because it was discovered near the Dragon River. If you look at it, like you guys have seen the skull, right? There's a really mm-hmm. great there's a really great simulation of it. I'll drop in the chat that comes to us via Carl Zimmer over at the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even just looking at it on the Science Mag uh, article, sciencemag.org article, just seeing like a profile and or a, a front on and side shot. Initially, I was like, what is different about this? Like, what doesn't line up? And it's it's subtle, sort of. But then when you really start to zero in on it, it's it's uh, it cannot be mistaken for a Homo sapien skull. Um, what was the first thing that caught you about it, Ben? That like sort of like grabbed you and like something is off about this skull? Uh, definitely, definitely the brow ridges, uh, the the deep set part of the deep set cavities for the eyes. 
And if you, it looks like it, ha, it definitely had a bulbous nose. Uh, it, it really, it, this is such a weird way to say this, but guys, trust me, it really pops when you see it next to a Homo sapiens skull. Correct. And Where can you see that, Ben? Can you see that comparison? I just yeah. did like a Google image search of a Homo sapiens skull and just kind of tab back and forth or whatever. But I'm sure oh, there's okay. a good. I was wondering if somebody I'm had done sure that. I didn't see it on the Guardian. Um, but Ben, when you say brow ridges, I mean we're literally talking about these cartoon. To borrow your word of choice, Ben, cartoonish kind of uh, like bone eyebrows that they really are these like arcs, these very pronounced thick arches uh, above the eye sockets, which are almost square uh, in shape, the eye sockets. Yeah. And this, so this is ruffling a lot of feathers. This is shaking a lot of bones. There we go. Uh, you'll, you'll notice that the teeth are missing. All, all you really have is the skull, the upper jaw, the, the jawbone is missing as well. The researchers published a paper quite recently where they said this was an adult of great size. Uh, they said that he probably didn't have a, 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 he probably had a weaker chin and that his brain was about 7% larger than the average brain of a living person. And then they said that based on what we can tell from this fossil, and it is a fossil with no DNA, by the way, which would change the conversation. They said th this fossil its features have never been found in any other previously named species of what's called hominin, which is ultimately, you know, everybody's grandparents. And one of the co-authors, a guy named Christopher Stringer, argues this is distinctive enough, based on what we found, to be a different species. It's at least 146,000 years old, but it can't, and it might be as old as 300,000 something. This means that if it was around, it could have been alive at the same time as the tiny hominins like Homo nalendi in South Africa, the Indonesian Homo floresensis, and uh, even the another smaller hominin discovered in the Philippines. The issue here is that without genetic evidence, other scholars who are not directly involved in the research are saying, hey, pump your brakes. We like we like a good hominin ghost story as much as the next, but we want to make sure that this is actually a distinct species. And this has happened before in research, not necessarily with uh, humans as much, but definitely with animals. Someone will discover something and, you know, they'll call it like Doc Holliday's uh, magpie or jackdaw or whatever. Then someone else will come back and they'll say, actually, that's just, I mean... It is the kind of raven you find in New Zealand, but it's this raven. And then mm -hmm. someone's like, ah, but I named it after me. Uh, that's, that's why it's a dangerous game. So right now in China, we've got this thing, which has the cooler name, Dragon Man, right? Homo longi. Uh, and we're waiting to see what this means because the, the current study says that this is much more closely related to Homo sapien than to Neanderthal, and that it is not Denisovan, but other people are saying, no, this is totally a Denisovan. Remember when those were discovered, uh, there was very, very little physical evidence, right? It was like a finger bone, a collection of bits, which is what history reduces most things to over time. Hold that. I love mind. that. I love that observation. <laughs> it's terrible. I've, yeah, it's time for the rain clouds, right? But 
I would argue, Matt, that this is this is exciting stuff because it's already forcing people to ask some questions, to challenge some assumptions we made about the the path that led in a very real way to you listening to this podcast right now, wherever you are. We're talking about people who might be related to you. They're, they're probably not going to be at, you know, they're probably not going to be at our birthdays or our barbecues, but uh, there is a bigger story here and it is, it is still to this day untold. You'll notice I mentioned Israel and then we cut immediately to, right, the one with the cooler name. Sorry yeah. about that. No, that no, no, fault. no. You're spot on, man. This is the perfect way to go. I would recommend checking out, if you want an overview of both of these things, I would recommend checking out a fantastic article on nature by Nicola Jones, which brings uh, brings us a good summation of the current discoveries and then the controversy and the questions. So the fossils that came from Israel seem to hint at an unknown brand new group of hominins. And the experts in that case are saying, you know what, these are actually the direct ancestors of what would later evolve to become Neanderthal. But Whoa. yeah, and and furthermore, that they lived directly alongside humans. And they did a bunch of human stuff, particularly using the same tools as Homo sapiens lived in the area, the Levant at the time. This evidence is a mandible and part of a skull found at a place called Nesher Ramla. And this is also setting the world of paleoanthropology aflame. Uh, this People are still having the same questions. You know, they're still saying, well, what if they are just Neanderthal instead of the ancestors? What if, and what if they just, instead of coming from Africa, they had a reverse migration, they evolved in Europe and then started making their way to the Middle East? Mm. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys... What, what do you guys think about this possibility? I actually have a compound question. First, what do you think this means for history? And second, is it not a little weird that these both were discovered or their, their papers were published so close together? I think that's the most remarkable thing because it's going to take time and more studying to, you know, get any kind of definitive answers here. And it's going to be difficult to get definitive answers in both cases. And it's weird as hell that they just came out at the same time. Like, what the heck? The 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 unidentified aerial phenomena report was like on its way, and this is this is what we get. <laughs> like yeah. secrets to our past. <gasps> maybe they're all secrets to our past. Oh wow. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe the uh, the UFOs will request their bones back. That's that's crazy. I mean, but correlation's not causation, right? I, I know, had to keep beating at my head when I was reading this. That's that's one thing that you know a lot of our a lot of us listening today will ask though is well what does this mean you know what I yeah. mean how does this affect the price of my like bacon cupcake of the month club <laughs> I, I don't know if there are enough bacon cupcakes to sustain that that idea well, well look I know it's silly and cheesy and not plausible but I really am waiting to wake up one morning and just read. That we've definitively proven that the engineers from Planet X or wherever, not that <laughs> Planet X, but another one maybe, uh, really did seed the planet with life at one point and did visit for a long time just to check and see how things were going. And they're on their way back to eliminate all life on Earth just because. Just for funsies. Just, I, really, yeah. I really am waiting for that. 
Well, it's it is fascinating because you know there. I would argue there are tangible potential benefits for the human species understanding more of its ancient history. And when I say tangible benefits, I don't just mean like a more clear explanation of the big story in textbooks. I mean that there may be medical uh, realizations that could be applied to people today based on you know, based on their own ancestry or lineage. That could be a very real thing. And is it possible that some of the lessons learned there could save lives? I mean, maybe. Uh, Right now, it's very difficult to say because these fossils, again, do not have DNA material. Uh, Perhaps Michelle Langley puts it best when she's writing for uh, The Wire, where she, in her article, Homo Who, New Mystery Human Species Discovered in Israel, Uh, She says, quote, in sum, if we think of the story of human evolution like an Ikea bookcase that isn't quite coming together, this discovery is effectively like finding the missing shelf buried at the bottom of the box. The new Neshler Ramla Homo adds for a better fitting structure, although a few mysterious extra pieces remain to be pondered over. I like that. I think that's a good good analogy. But Uh, yeah, but what about the screws that you need? for that Mm -hmm. for that shelf piece like planet x man (laughs) that's how that's how they control it they they leave the they leave the furniture but they take the screws and the (laughs) screwdrivers i don't know i mean i'm i'm always fascinated by this like we could be a little bit buzzfeeding say there were real life hobbits but still like does does my theory sound crackpot that Maybe some legends of near human things come from early interactions with these sort of sister species of I, ours. I've always thought that you were spot on with that, Ben. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think there's probably still stuff in the fossil record, as we're seeing, that we haven't uncovered yet uh, that could be indications of some of these more, um, let's say fantastical kind of creatures like the giants, for example, that's one that I know that you're uh, super into just in terms of like Cthulhu mythos and like all of that, you know, like the early, uh, you know, like the pre primordial kind of like uh, mystical universe and all of that stuff. Um, but I, I really, I, I really do believe that. Uh, and I think we're seeing it little by little and there's a lot of ground to cover. And I mean, I, I don't know, and this is a question I would put to you guys, like, how much of an emphasis is placed on actual excavation? It seems like, you know, in terms of, you know, for oil drilling, say, that's an important part, you know, of, of like, you know, testing areas where you might, we might be able to find oil or, say, mining for precious minerals and, and the like. But how much pure exploratory archaeology still goes on today? I mean, that's still, like like, not like it's like, you know, we're canceling archaeology or something like that. But I just can't imagine that if there isn't a massive, uh, you know, um, incentive uh, and backing by a large corporation, that those kinds of digs are probably fewer and farther between. That's right, a really research grants, right? I mean, yeah. that's really how it happens now. Well, research grants, and then also there are politics that come into play. So. You know, uh, research can be tightly monitored in China, right? And there, there are certain things that would be forbidden uh, as as research topics. You know what I mean? Like if you went, if you were, this is a completely different field. But if you were to say, write your PhD sociology dissertation on 
shifting views of what really went down in Tiananmen Square, you probably wouldn't get your PhD from a mainland Chinese university. It's still a very sensitive topic. And in the Middle East, in in Israel and, and Palestine specifically, there's a war over history. So different excavations are, you know, maybe funded or people may like virulently oppose them because that comparatively small piece of the world has so much of early humanity story there. You know, like it's, it's, um, it's a trip if you're from the U.S. and you go to a place where uh, people have lived in denser populations for a much longer time, you know, like you go to, go to England and you think, oh, that's right. They found Richard III under a parking lot. They were in just such, such a hurry. <laughs> it was only later someone, I, I don't, that's not a ding on parking lot tycoons. But, but you see what I mean? Because of this, these things can be enormously controversial at times. They can also, to your point, uh, be quite expensive. Uh, Matt, a lot of it is, is grant research. And then there's a bit of, well, sometimes it can be a devil's bargain, can't it? So it, it's clear, you know, that if you have, if your work sparks popular interest, then it, it has the potential to extend and expand your funding. You know, that's, that's uh, inarguably true. But then the question is, especially if we're talking about an authoritarian regime, like the case with the Chinese government, are you going to be able to remain independent? You mm. know what I mean? Are they going to try to subvert your work for something else? You know, almost everything can become propaganda. <laughs> true, true. Uh, so the the papers are out now. Uh, the The leader of the work on the Dragon Man is Ji Kyung uh, at Hebei Geo University. Uh, you can read that in the journal The Innovation, published on June 25th. And in the case of Nesher Ramla, uh, the scientist said on Thursday, the day before the Chinese paper came out, they announced they had discovered a new kind of early human. Uh, the By the way, this their discovery was made at a site that was used by a cement plant. Uh, and shout out to uh, the leaders of that study over at Tel Aviv University, particularly Israel Hershkovitz, uh, who said that, quote, this enables us to make new sense of previously found human fossils, add another piece to the puzzle of human evolution, and understand the migrations of the old world. Also, uh, shout out to the person who originally found the fossils, Dr. Yossi Zaidner of the Hebrew University. He was exploring the mining area of the plant near the city, and then he made this once in a multi-million find. So I don't know if Dr. Zaidner is a, is a gambler, but as we've said on the show before, might be time to buy a lottery ticket. There you go. His name is not too far off from Dr. Zayas from Planet of the Apes. Coincidence? I think <laughs> yes, so. I think cool. so. <laughs> Correlation or causation. Indeed. There we have it. What better note to end on? Uh, we've gone from the ancient past through ongoing conspiracies, through tragedy, and to the future where uh, the human search to understand more of itself will continue. We'd like to hear from you. We'd like to send special support 
to our friends, uh, our colleagues, uh, everybody who has a loved one affected by the events in Florida. Uh, please stay safe. And please let us know your take on any of the questions that we brought up over today's show. Uh, but how do I do that? You might be saying, shaking your fist at the sky in anger. Well, uh, we try to be easy to find online. That's right. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter uh, and uh, YouTube, where we're conspiracy stuff on all three of those. You can also find us on Instagram, where we're conspiracy stuff show. And if you'd like to use your mouth to communicate with us. Uh, God, that's weird. <laughs> no, do can... it. Do it. What do, you, what, do the, what do people have to put their mouth on, Matt? <laughs> well, put it just near in the close proximity to whatever phone like device that you have. And you can dial this number, 1-833-STDWYTK. You will hear Ben prompt you to leave a message, or you can turn back, your choice. And uh, when you do leave a message, tell us what you would like for us to refer to you as. Please leave your message. You'll have three minutes. Use them however you wish. We request that you say whatever you think might go on air at the top, and then anything you want to say directly to us or the team at the end, that makes it easier for for us to cut it down. And uh, yeah, let us know if you give us permission to use it on air. That's very, very helpful. And what else, Ben? Oh, hey, if it's a lot of stuff that you want to say and you can't really fit it all into one three-minute message, hey, don't worry. We have this thing where you can send us all of the text you want, all the links, all the anything. Just send it our way to our email address. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.